Thanks for listening to the Dr. Drew Podcast on Podcast One. Well, if you're a smoker and you are not interested in quitting smoking, you need to take a good look at yourself because there is nothing more important than smoking cessation for your health if you are a smoker. I mean, literally nothing. And Fume is a number one natural way to quit smoking. They take the benefits of super plants, behavioral scientists, lovely design. They make the quitting of smoking a bit easier. Hand-to-mouth replacement, plant-packed cores, studied to curb cravings. They taste and smell great. There's no smoke, no vape, no nicotine, no harmful chemicals. And if someone in your life, someone you love, is a smoker, this is a very nice way to give them the gift of cessation, of stopping smoking. That's right. And they have unique flavors, candy cane, eggnog cookies, limited supply. Each box is numbered. And you can go and get anything. And you can get these products at breathefume.com slash Drew. That's B-R-E-A-T-H-E-F-U-M. No, not F-U-M-E, F-U-M dot com slash Drew. Use that code Drew to save 10% on your order today. Again, buy a holiday box for somebody you care. And if it's you and care about yourself, go to breathefume.com slash Drew. Get your holiday box today and start giving the gift of quitting smoking. One more time, that's B-R-E-A-T-H-E-F-U-M dot com slash Drew, and you will save 10%. Do you think bananas are healthy? Think again. I'm Dr. Stephen Gundry, best-selling author of the Plant Paradox series, and on the Dr. Gundry podcast, you're going to learn the foods to eat and the ones to avoid, to lose weight, boost your energy, and feel your most vibrant, active self this year. You'll also learn simple tips from the world's top experts on health and nutrition. Plus, you'll discover the truth about calories, how running could actually be hurting your health, and why fat won't make you fat. Subscribe now to the Dr. Gundry podcast on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts. Because I'm Dr. Gundry, and I'm always looking out for you. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Dr. Drew Podcast. Uh, we appreciate you guys being here. Do check out some of the... Uh, other stuff I do at DrDrew.tv, that streaming show, where uh, I think you might like that. And then, uh, of course, After Dark. And uh, don't forget all the good stuff over at uh, Instagram, Dr. Pinsky. And I'll do some live stuff there, too, as well. And, uh, of course, Twitter. And we appreciate you guys being here. I want to get right to my guest, Aida Rodriguez, stand-up comedian. The special is Fighting Words, available now as we air this podcast. Uh, November 4th is where it become, became available. It concludes uh, with a uh, documentary of... And, and my pronunciation name is, is it Ada or Aida? Ida. Ida. Because no, I, I see I'm, I come from a white boy background, right? I love and, that and, you just and, say it. And so, <laughs> and so I think of an opera when I, yeah, so, so when a I lot see of this people film. do. Let me, let me keep going. Uh, the, the trip to Puerto Rico where you're reunited with your estranged father, which is amazing. You can follow Ada on at funny Ada, F-U-N-N-Y-A-I-D-A, also YouTube slash Ada Rodriguez. And uh, I recommend the the stand up highly. And when we finish our conversation, you will see why. Welcome, thanks for being here. <laughs> Thank you for having me. <laughs> so uh, there's a million things I want to get into with okay. you. Um, and not the least of which is that when you walked in, you said I was on the phone with my therapist. I thought, okay, yeah. well, that's catnip for me. <laughs> so, but I, but I want to come back around to that. Okay. First, I I, I really appreciated your stand up in terms of, and, and I hope I'm characterizing this correctly. The complexity of uh, Hispanic culture and families, yeah. and and it and it dovetails very nicely into the complexity of race and ethnicity in our country generally, which has become a cartoon created by white people. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and and you take aim at everybody. I would say, which I, do. I, I love. I love that. So so, how would you? characterize that to me and what I would that's what I took away what what would you say well I think that's a great uh, description of it I think it's important to hold uh, the powers that be you know responsible for what they've done to people of color 
and the, at the same time hold ourselves accountable for how we participate in this. Mm. And I think that that we miss a part in holding ourselves accountable. I think that uh, we've become so polarized and everything gets politicized that we, we don't have. We meaning uh, it, the country? It, or just the country and in general. Be, that, because one of the things I noticed and I like really dug from a comedy and by the way it's mm, very funny so I know it's you. your first goal so <laughs> it is funny that. everybody but it, but it has layers to it and I, I like the layer part for this podcast um, it reminded me a little bit of what Ali Wong does with, with Asian culture yeah y- what you did with Hispanic culture like yeah. it's not one thing it's a no. bunch of stuff yeah it's <laughs> weird uh, there is no like when I hate going into these meetings with executives because they're like we gotta t- conquer the Latino market there's no such thing and, and which, should I say Hispanic Latino you know Latinos, what the- you can say you can <laughs> say either some people identify as Hispanic some people identify as Latinx some people don't want to identify Do you understand it's either. confusing to of course it's confusing to me <laughs> it's like really super confusing you, like i want to get it right but like eh, it's, sure it's complicated it's you know people even people from like uh, white people could identify as hispanic but go ahead absolutely even, even people, people from, from spain I are know. hispanic yeah. and they're white people who speak spanish <laughs> and then there are people from the caribbean who, and they're white people want to get in, into harvard that do it too that's it absolutely <laughs> <laughs> and white women who you know want to don't want to be called karen <laughs> no <laughs> Don't want to be called Karen, uh, but do Karen kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, it's all complicated and we have to be able to break through and have nuanced conversations or never, we're never going to get through to the other side. But, you know, there are people from the Caribbean who don't want to be called less Latino or Hispanic. They are now identifying as Afro-Caribbean or Afro-Puerto Rican or Afro-Cuban, which I respect. And I think everybody should have their identity um, I just think that, you know, it's important for us to be able to just have conversations. And that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to spark conversations. Nuance is just disappearing in conversation. Right. It's all cartoon now. It's, it, it, I it, love it, that you said it, a yeah, cartoon. Yeah. Be, well, because because fake news is a cartoon version of complicated stories. So it becomes yeah. propaganda. Absolutely. Really. And, and so, I, you know, I've been in many shitstorms. On social media, and it's always not what I said. Uh, right. It's what somebody said I said, and yes. then that's the shitstorm. It's, it's never the actual story. It's always yeah. one removed that's untrue, mm-hmm. but cartoon version, and off it goes. Yeah. And, and I say the same thing as it pertains to uh, uh, what we've done with race and, and race culture, uh, ethnic yeah. culture, and stuff like that. And you, you, I think you take aim at that in the absolutely pre- pretty clearly, and it, it is. Well, again, what you're doing is complicated on multiple levels because you're saying we participate in it, but it's foisted on you by elites, people yeah, in power. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's not just, you know, like it's so complicated because Washington is always talking about Hollywood. Hollywood is always talking about Washington. And they're all shitty. You know, there, it's they're just all like, shitty. What the fuck are they talking about? <laughs> yeah, everybody's always talking about how hard you have. Every morning you have a bunch of rich people sitting on television telling poor people what they should be thinking and how they should be feeling. And yeah. it is so, Yeah, it's so, you know, I was homeless. I was, I struggled in my, and, and I, I'm still struggling. I live in an apartment. I'm not, you know, by any means wealthy, but I, I still, I still am respectful of the people who have jobs that make $12 an hour and mm. knowing that even in my own apartment, my reality is very different than people who are making towels and people who work in our mines and have, and work in factories. And I just think that we just sit around. First of all, you know what I have to do on a very, uh, very frequent basis? I have to always go check statistics of how many people in the world are actually on social media so I can put it into perspective, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like the last time I checked, it was like 4% of Americans were on Twitter and 7, 7% of the world. Mm-hmm. So that's a lot. That's a lot of people who are not on there. So to, to, to make, remember not to take that so seriously you know so seriously because it's really just people who have time to say a thread <laughs> but i i noticed strangely we were having this conversation yesterday that i think twitter hit a weird little threshold i think yeah because i was uh portrayed on john oliver as having an opinion that was again false wrong okay. and it was and it's funny that it was they picked out something that i said on a different podcast where i remember saying going god i did not I didn't express that properly. Right. And 
pulled it out. That's it. That's my opinion. It was false. Uh, and a shitstorm ensued. And, and then I said, no, nah. I set the record straight. And another guy who's actually more sort of of a opinion maker set it straight in a different way, but set it straight. And it just stopped. And I thought, oh, Twitter's getting more powerful than television today. Because in the past, once television caused a shitstorm on social media, it continued. You couldn't do anything to stop it. Right. Did so you get canceled yesterday? Is that what I, I, get, I was it? on the verge of getting canceled. I've been canceled oh. many times. It's like, yeah, me too. And it's like, what are you going to do? What, what do you get canceled for? So I got canceled. I was on a panel that was about... Um, and by the way, don't have to say it if it's going to get you canceled again. No, no, no. <laughs> so, it was about Hispanic so. Heritage Month. And uh, there was... We have a very big fight in our community, a valid fight about colorism, which I've always spoken about in comedy since I started doing stand-up 13 years ago. It's not new for me because for some people, this is a thing. They talk about it because they want to get followers. They want to do documentaries. Mm -hmm. They want to do podcasts. They want to sell T-shirts. For me, it's something that I've been doing because it caused a lot of pain in my family. You know, it caused a lot of pain to my family members. You're going to have to define it because I'm not aware. And this is, by the way, this is part of the job right now for yeah. white people is to just ask just get i appreciate you asking. appreciate you don't know shit and then start to educate yourself no no but i appreciate that yeah. so you know within our community there is a a system of a hierarchy of what is better in terms of being lighter and the closer your proximity so the americans have the same thing right? yeah it's Which it's, is it's world so it's global bizarre. it's weird to me indians too and asians that's too, weird too. to me as, as a right. because we as why do you want skin to get melanoma and <laughs> who gives a shit? Well, that's you know, the, the lie was told that it was better. So, oh, and you know, and, and black women have a thing about hair too, where it gets more. There's a higher status to less uh, black. Pearl. Yeah, it's yeah. like what? I, that, why? Well, I mean, white supremacy is why. Yes, that's right. <laughs> and so you, it's like it's like, it's Stockholm syndrome, right? Yeah, it's, it's the lie. It's the greatest lie ever told is to tell a people that. The, the darker you are, the lesser value you have. But the fa- the problem is that a lot of us adopted that as a belief. It's Stockholm Syndrome. Yeah, and we do it to each other. Oof. And so we were on a panel and we were having... Or either a- that or it's power stuff, power games. Just yeah. another way of creating power within a group. It's know? also, di- yeah, it's divide and conquer. Because yeah, yeah. if we're fighting about, you know hair texture and complexion, but none of our condi- conditions are changing, then they're, they're winning. Uh, you know, and that's really the, the that's the big the big goal anyway. Or everybody's losing, really. Well, we are. are. Yeah. And I'm glad you said that because yeah. I appreciate you saying that because really I was just talking to somebody yesterday, even like uh, I, I, I get a lot of like hate from white racist people who can't stand me or whatever. And you think about somebody who's like from. You know, I, I'll say someone that that sent me a really ugly message from Omaha and, you know, poor, you can tell, not very educated. And the the one thing he felt like he had over me was that he was white. Mm. And I was like, tell me that that's not sad and that's not an illness that you think that you don't have health care. You're poor. You don't you 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 probably don't read well because you're your post, you know, was indicative of that and the one thing you think you have over me is your complexion that's an illness and and that's being taken away that's why they're freaking out absolutely so so, you know let me give you i i I have kind of a rush of ideas with what you're talking about the idea of white supremacy i think is the word needs to be altered or something because i think people that white supremacy they think about skinheads and that's not what we're talking about no but i give you Based on the word as we use it today, I, I, I have two on my own personal stories of white supremacy. And one is um, I was working uh, on Teen Mom and my co-host is, is you know, African-American boyfriend or whatever. And, and, I, and one of the moms brought up uh, having to deal with racism in West Virginia. And I was like, what? Really? You still, it's, we still have that? And I was like – and she looked at me. She went, what is the matter with you? And I thought, oh, that's – that's my privilege. That's my. Mm-hmm. I, I know. I was like, uh oh. I got to really watch. I got to educate myself. So that's why I'm asking you lots of questions. And I, I went deep, and I, and I got completely. 
moved, you know, sort of uh, had a rush of, of insight with uh, Frederick Douglass. Mm. I read a bunch mm-hmm. of stuff, his words and a yeah. bunch of, and I got deep into the reconstruction. I was like, holy fuck, this is a thing that we're, we're, we pushed into our unconscious because we can't deal with it. It's too yeah. gross. It's too horrible. But he, the way he got through to me, Frederick Douglass, was he called Abraham Lincoln a white supremacist? And I was like, <gasps> clutching my pearls, <laughs> like oh, yeah. what? The guy Abraham who Lincoln. The and, and I was like, and then he goes on to explain himself, and I'm like, oh, I get it, I get it. it yeah. it's, it's what I'm doing when I say, what does racism still exist? You're kidding me. It's, it's, <laughs> like, it's like that's the that's you're sitting on high somewhere else, and you really are not in with the people's people's experience, and, and you have an obligation to to share. And be well, a part why, of. Why would you, you though? You know, like how would you be? That's gross. No, it, I that's, know it's gross. It is it, gross. It, yeah, but it, by design, though. Well, fine, but I don't want to be a part of it, and, yeah. and it's gross, and it, it bothers. You know, I, I hate that I was that way, and mm-hmm. I'm trying not to be. And so that's again one of the reasons I'm so excited to talk to you. So. Well, that's honest though, and that yeah. that I appreciate more than people that say I've never seen color. I, I, I know that I, was me. That uh, was me, and, and, I, and I thought, <laughs> and I thought that's that's huge. That's white supremacy. That's what yeah. that is. And maybe we need a new word to describe that. But yeah. that is a Eurocentric, Caucasian point of view mm-hmm. and experience. And it needs to be expanded. It needs to mm-hmm. just be expanded. Comedy is a great way to do it, I think. I hope so. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and by the way, watch the special, everybody. It, it now HBO Max. Go get it. Uh, and uh, Tiffany Haddish, Haddish has been uh, part of your life, right? Yeah, yeah, she is. She still is. Another important voice in all yeah. this. Yeah. Uh-huh. And and. and I, I wish she'd get more into her Jewish heritage too, and, mm-hmm. and make fun of that more because there's lots of comedy there. <laughs> I think she's doing that. I she's think starting that to go she's that started, way. I think yeah. she's probably doing that there's, now. There's, okay. All right. So let me get back to you and your homelessness. How, how did that happen? Well, you you, have, you were a teen mom, I guess. Yeah, I was. Yeah. And you know what? Let me tell you about homelessness. I really have been. I've been unpacking a lot of this because I think that it's important to talk about it. Oh, yeah. We really. Um, I was homeless from one day to the next. I was I was working at a job uh, at a private bank. My residence was their uh, West Coast office for tax purposes and business purposes because um, I was one of their employees. They were based out in the Midwest, um, and they uh, they let me go for a. Uh, they let me go. The owner of the company was friends with my ex husband. Mm. Um, and my ex-husband convinced him to let me go so that I could quit, lose my job and come back to him, which happens to a lot of women who are in toxic relationships with men who, you know, where there's a power dynamic and that was there. But it was just from one day to the next. You know, I was I had my two kids. I had a job. I was driving around in, in a decent vehicle. I lived in a, in a decent place. And. One day I pull up and the sheriff is at my house and they're removing my stuff out of my apartment because I didn't even know that I was being evicted because all of the paperwork and all of the stuff was being sent to this office. And it it can happen to anyone. So I always I just want to make sure that we humanize people who are unhoused as I've been corrected. Um, These people are human beings. And while we're having conversations about the terminology and the semantics and Let's remember that they're people and they have a voice. And the most important thing is for them to have to to get help as opposed to how we categorize them. Yeah, it, but it, it's it, there. There's two gigantic and different populations and in subpopulations. And and again, that's not making them human by clumping everyone into one category. Absolutely, the category that you represent is usually able to get off the street within three to six months. Is that mm-hmm. what happened to you? Well, yeah, I wasn't. I yeah. actually went to live with a friend. Yeah, or that's the other thing is they they find mm-hmm. places to stay off the street. Yeah. They're couch surfing kind yeah. of thing, which they another giant population. Absolutely, with comedians, they we we tend to. Couchsurf. Well, that was uh, Pete Pete Holmes' story. Yeah. That was that was yeah. the whole series about that. Um, but but in any event, the, the, so so but the ones that are on the street in the tents have drug addiction and mental illness. We have to yes. treat that. You can't just put them in a house and expect them to do beautifully. They they Absolutely. will die. They will die. So I, I I take issue with us. And this is what happened to me with John Oliver. He puts it all in one category. It's just yeah. housing. It's like oh. I wish. I wish it were just No, housing. because I wish. you can house uh, a, a person who has mental illness. I've lived with it. I, I was raised by it. You can house someone who has addiction. I was raised by it. And 
at, they will eventually go back to the street because yeah. they're seeking refuge in the street. They don't want well, to be. Well, it, it depends what drug you're using, but but some of it is you want to be out where your drug is. Yeah. <laughs> and some of it, if it's meth, it drives you to the street. Yeah. Meth just makes you unable to stay in walls. Mm-hmm. You just got to get out there. And yeah. So who had mental illness and addiction? And can you talk about it? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm still dealing with it. Now my mom is addicted to pills. Mm. Um, she's, I blame the doctors, not her. I do too. Mm. Um, she had a knee injury. and Fuck. Can't believe that still happens. God yeah. damn it! I'm wa- I started watching Dope Sick, and yeah. I had to stop because yeah, um, yeah, yeah. it really triggered me. Because it really is my mother's story, mm. and I remember take- rushing her to the emergency room after taking 18 Percocets, and um, still battling it, with- battling it, battling with it today. So eight you- interventions later. Oh, has she ever had any sustained abstinence or sobriety or anything? No. Is she always? Has she been on Suboxone? Yeah. Yeah. Suboxone, you know, even with the pain patients, which she is one of them, works pretty well if if somebody as skilled as using it. So it's just something to file away. If Mm. she's not responding to treatment, Suboxone is an option and and will give her a better quality of life than all that other bullshit. Got it. That's good to hear because I'll definitely go. uh, I am my mother's codependent. That's good. That's all right. You can't help it. And and the other thing is uh, watch out for the benzodiazepines and sleeping pills because inevitably when you're on opioids, it's during the day you get some withdrawal you feel anxious you can't sleep at night and a doctor the doctor is going to give you those pills yes. the same doctor is going to give you a benzodiazepine it's the same doctor and that's how people die is those two together yeah be very very careful it's hard to overdose on percocet and die it's easy mm-hmm. to overdose but hard to die on it you add in a little xanax toast wow that's yeah, good so to be know. very careful uh, and and mental illness, you calling that the same person or was there mental illness also separately? I think that my mom's never been properly diagnosed. Bipolar or something? I think so. And so, so you describe her kind of that way in the in the stand up. Yeah, the high, 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 high. And, and, and the aggression, you know, the yeah. irritability and all that yeah. stuff. So. Yeah. And so we've never had her properly diagnosed. We can't get her out of the, the, the grasp of this doctor. Uh, that's is he been, in this country or is he? Yeah, somewhere? in Florida. Oh, Jesus, Florida. Oh, I mean, if that's this country, I've had so many people, my patients, killed by that kind of physician. Mm-hmm. I, can't, I that's why I stopped running a program. So I can't do this anymore. It's mm. one of the reasons. It, it, it just it was. It's not as common now as it was ten years ago. But it was routine ten years ago that I would get everybody straightened out, get them sober, get them going. They're going great. That guy, that guy's always there, and the yeah. addict knows that. They go back, and they literally would say things like, "Why do you let those people try to brainwash you? I'm your doctor. That you need to take these pills. Yep. You'll be need to be on them forever." So what they do is they do this little vacation for her, where she goes and gets detoxed. I Baker acted her in Florida, and he got her off. He oh my god, off. it's so and awful. He just puts her in the psych ward, Ugh. and then. Um, and then she's there for a couple of I, weeks. I just did a podcast with a guy named Greg Ellis who was he was put in a psych ward because of his family law problems with a divorce. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, that doesn't happen. No, not our hospital systems. Something is grossly out of line. Yeah. I was a hospital administrator for 20 years. That would not have happened at, at my facility. Oh, no. But now I think things are just like – out of control. And we feel, you know, as a family, we feel helpless because we can't go. He's the, he is the head of the psychiatric department at the hospital. Oh, no. So we're, we're battling. And we've been battling with this for years. I it's am been. so sorry. And then you reunite with your dad. How was that? So that was, it was in the Dominican Republic, um, not Puerto Rico. It was hard. Wait, you're, you're, Wait a minute. You're, is your mom Dominican? My mother's Puerto Rican. Oh, she's a Puerto Rican. Okay. She's the Puerto Rican. He was. Uh, it was I feel hard. Like, I feel like the DR is in the consciousness more lately for some reason. Yeah. Like, like, like people from Dominican Republic are becoming trendy or something. I don't know what it is. Yeah, they have been trendy because they are here and they've been here, and now they've done they've been they've done such uh, a lot of uh, building in the communities in New York. Is that what it is? Yeah. I, it's just Washington suddenly... Heights is just and uh, you know. Okay. Right. Dykeman right. has been. It's just they've just they're thriving and they're really showing up and they're right. really, you know, making great things happen and fashion and in all and all industries. I wouldn't even limit it. To oh, fashion, that's so, so interesting. So that's I, I could feel something was happening. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so how was it reuniting with him? And, and again, there's a whole. Yeah, it was hard because I haven't seen this man since I was little and I was expecting 
him to like rescue me and I had to I felt like I needed to rescue him and you know I, I wanted to share that 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 actual the first time that you see me see him that's the first time I actually saw him it wasn't yeah. scripted yeah, yeah there wasn't like another take that was the actual first moment of me seeing him which is why I made the weird face because it was I didn't know what to feel yeah but it was just like uh, a lot of people feel this way. A lot of people who I know, uh, women that are friends of mine who are, have estranged fathers are waiting on their dad to come rescue them or come. And I just wanted people to see that sometimes it doesn't go that way. And sometimes I've, I've never seen it go that way. <laughs> and it's OK, though. I, I usually discourage people from those from those reunitings because they're, in my experience, neutral to a disappointment always. Yeah, it was really uh it was hard and um I had I knew about the siblings. Um the, I made a joke about it. It but, was very funny. Yeah, but I <laughs> I knew about them, but you know, it was surreal to actually see them come in and Each of you got a mother. <laughs> you get a mom. You get a mom. Oh my, it was, was just joke. weird <laughs> to see these different people who I am related to and yeah. they've been living these these lives knowing about me and I up until I, he found me, I knew nothing about them. Mm. So it was overwhelming. Um, and it was just hard because that was just a three-day trip. So. A lot of material to work on in therapy, though. Absolutely. And he Absolutely. turned out to be a terrible singer about the bitches. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's actually a good singer, but a bad uh, songwriter. Okay. <laughs> So he he became woke, and now it, you know he has this well, whole. That, woke that's what I, that's what I want to get into, oh. which is that here here is a guy who exploited women, mm-hmm. uh, marginally sociopathic, at, you know, maybe mm-hmm. or maybe just dumb and young or whatever, but you know, not doing lots of things, not that lots young. of uh, doing lots of things to lots of people, including the offspring and the women, and not really, yeah. certainly not living up to any responsibilities associated with that. And then magically he's given uh, sort of grace by being woke. Yeah. <laughs> and then pointing the finger at everybody else. Yeah. Is that's, that, that's woke culture, though. Is that what woke is? For me, it's that's why I, I make fun of it because, you know, I don't know. Last time I checked, we were all a work in progress, right? All of us. And just to hear people, there's, it's so, there's so much performative wokeness, and I'm so tired of that. It's so insulting to people who are actually marginalized, even those who are that belong to our groups, who are really capitalizing on our struggle, sitting around pointing the finger as if. And if you sat down and, and you scrutinized those people's lives, you will find scandal, trauma, and cancellation-worthy stuff as well. And Talk that's about the, the woke people. The woke people. And that's why, it, for me, it's like... Because it begins at home, right? I, I'm imperfect. I'm not going back to scrub Twitter. I'm not going back to scrub Facebook. I know I fucked up. I'm sure I said something that was insensitive to somebody. I'm sure I've done things that are imperfect. And I hope that today I'm a much, much more evolved person than then. That's all I can hope for. But I can't live my life being running away from my mistakes because I'm only human. And I just I'm tired of this. This, you know, I do think it is important to call out people who are in positions of power using their power to oppress others. Isn't that the woke? Nah, sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's just taking the heat off of yourself and putting it onto some other people. Liberals really pride themselves in being woke and being there for people. But tell me honestly, which administration has really been beneficial for people of color who are struggling? None. So when we sit here and say, oh, the Democrats, the Democrats, tell me how the life of black people in this country and the people, the lives of immigrants have improved under any administration. Mm -hmm. Like we just sit here and tell these stories because people say racism is wrong, that they're on our side. But I don't care about that. I I appreciate the people who say I hate you more because at least I know. You know what's up. Right. But the people who are in my face who actually are doing nothing, are not willing to lay down their privilege to create equity, those are the problematic people for me. And so you'd mentioned that marginalized folks are – you said these words. Marginalized people are capitalizing. Some of us are. Yeah. And so – and so is that the problem, that it's sort of the best thing you've got to go with and you're going with it as opposed to creating a new movement that really does serve your needs? Well, I mean, I think some people really think that they're helping other people. Narcissism is real. 
Oh, you know what I mean? Some people really think they are out here. I leading. think it's all projection of narcissism. Of course. And your point is well taken. It's like, it's like you need a great leader who actually understands what needs to get done and just get it done. Yeah, I need somebody who grew up struggling, who went to a state school, who had food stamps. Somebody who, and I, I believe they said we've had that, but there's just a lot of, that is why I decided to go to Puerto Rico and the Dominican Republic because I capitalize on the struggles of Puerto Ricans and Dominicans. And I said, I'm going to go there. I'm going to hire Puerto Ricans and Dominicans. And I'm going to tell I'm going to let them tell their stories and be present in this piece because I my I am capitalizing on Puerto Ricans and Dominicans. So I just feel like people have to be honest about we, we just sit on these high horses and we're all full of shit. Well, let me. <laughs> Well, of course, our friends at BetterHelp, uh, this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. We talk about, I talk about BetterHelp a lot and about the use of Zoom and uh, the sort of electronic media that now people are accustomed to using. And the fact is, people think you should wait until things are unbearable to go to therapy, but that is just not true. It's, it's a tool and you should be going before things get really problematic. It's, it's, would you wait to rehab your knee until you couldn't walk anymore? I mean, it's just kind of silly the way we treat the brain. And the fact is, BetterHelp has great online therapists. I refer families. I refer my family. I refer uh, patients. And I've been very impressed with the services they offer. BetterHelp is customized online therapy. It offers video, phone, even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. And, of course, I think that you know, the waiting room is one of the biggest barriers to people going ahead and getting therapy. I've said this before, but people get uncomfortable waiting there and who they're going to run into and that kind of thing. And this is much more affordable than in-person therapy. You can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Give it a try. See why over 2 million people have used BetterHelp Online Therapy. And the Dr. Drew Podcast listeners get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com slash Drew. That is BetterHelp.com slash D-R-E-W. I'd like to introduce you to Z-Biotics, the world's first genetically engineered probiotic that addresses the after effects of, well, alcohol, amongst other things. It was developed by a PhD scientist, and its technology is patented. The holidays are here, so Z-Biotics is a must-have. They break down the byproduct of alcohol called acetaldehyde, chemical most responsible for you know, what happens after drinking. And this pre-alcohol probiotic can help you keep living your life, whether it's getting to your morning workout or being productive at work. And I'm not saying you should drink excessively. I'm not suggesting that, but it is the holidays. So you take the Z-Biotics before a few responsible beverages so that you can wake up and feel great the next day. Z-Biotics is for people who like to be prepared and make the most of their mornings, of course. It will not affect intoxication, and it is not a magic pellet, and it is not uh, something for people that have a problem with alcohol, okay? And there are only three ingredients in Z-Biotics, the bioengineered probiotic, water, and natural flavor. Not a mixture of vitamins and minerals. It's real science designed to do one job. That's right, Z Biotics. Check it out for yourself. That is Z Biotics. Well, winter is again upon us, and we need to take extra care to protect ourselves against bacteria, viruses, infectious diseases. They're up in the winter. You can do everything right, wash your hands, keep your hands away from your face, carry around sanitizers, but of course you can still get sick. That's why you need to protect your body from the inside out. That's right. You can build up your immune system with some high-quality and high-strength probiotics. P3OM. I've used them for years. It's a patented probiotic that might be the most effective probiotic yet. P3OM fights bacteria and strengthens immunity. At least that's the intention. Basically, a superhero for our gut biome. But it also helps digestion, speeds up metabolism, increases energy, hopefully, that's right. And probiotics, we should all be taking one. And just when I thought P3OM could not get any more powerful, I watched a video, which you can see at p3om.com slash Drew, of how this probiotic is breaking down a piece of steak. That's right. Here's some awesome news. You can get 10% off P3OM right now by going to p3om.com slash Drew and typing in our coupon code, Dr. Drew 10 And if you order it, and it's not everything you hope for. Their support team will give you all your money back, no questions asked. So if you want to increase your protection against infectious diseases and hopefully help your digestion, visit p3om.com. That is p3, the letters O-M, dot com, forward slash Drew to get a 10% discount with our coupon code, Dr. Drew 10 
Let me, let me tell you a problem with uh, wanting somebody who grew up in uh, on the system with food stamps is when they find their way out and have success, sometimes they go right-leaning because mm. it's, hey, man, you should just get your shit together. It. And I Why did it. And that's how you did it. Yeah. You don't want any of that stuff. It's going to cut your knees out, get get away from all that and follow me. Now, that if that could be done in a compassionate way, maybe yeah. that's a thing. Maybe that's – but I'm, I, I haven't seen that. I haven't seen that come out of anything yet. Do you think it's foolish <laughs> to want uh, children to learn empathy no, when no, they're no. in school? Like just oh, like, in school? A, a, empathy is sort of set up by age five mm. as is self-esteem. So you mentioned you have shitty self-esteem. Absolutely. You, I, I, don't, I do too. And I actually consider that an, an asset mm. because when you have shitty self-esteem, you're holding yourself accountable to everything. When something goes wrong, you you figure it's you. Mm-hmm. The problem is when things go right – you figure anybody can do it because, hey, I did it. So mm-hmm. because there's an arrogance that goes along with it you have to watch out for. But in terms of it, it as long as it doesn't cause you to feel diminished and depressed, mm-hmm. if it's just a posture, like if something goes wrong, it must be me because, hey, it's me, that can be helpful. Can mm-hmm. you imagine how it's the other way? It's like if something goes wrong or you do something wrong and your esteem is high, it couldn't be me. Why, mm-hmm. why would I? Hey, man, it's me. I, I don't do anything wrong. I have oh, I know that person. Yeah, not good. That's mm-hmm. I, I don't like that. Um, but empathy, <clears throat> empathy is a complicated process. It's the highest order of what the human brain can do. Mm-hmm. And it it's built off, I'm sure your therapist will, and you probably appreciate this now that you've been in therapy. I, I'm leaning in with purpose. I, I will see it. it. <laughs> is, is that two bodies in space with close eye contact with me, Right now, right now, I'm speaking to you, but mm-hmm. the really powerful part is when I sit and just experience your feeling state, mm-hmm. allowing you to feel felt mm-hmm. and then reflecting something back to you, most importantly on my face, more than the words even. And that's and that mo- that interaction, you can appreciate that as a mom with kids, mm-hmm. you know, going down there and being with them. That interaction millions of times is how empathy is built. So that... I know that that didn't happen for me. Me neither. Yeah. <laughs> it's was... happening in therapy, though. Yeah, it yeah, is. So happening. I can feel yeah. that there is like a, like you have a scaffolding where that's starting to happen to you. Yeah. But, yeah, no, it, but, it had to. But it's a little fragile and, yeah. and you got to build it all up, right? Mm-hmm. And that's the work of therapy. And then when, you, when you've been there, and it's clear to me you have a good therapist because I can see it, the work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and once it's built up, then you can do it to other people. Then you can be there for them in a way that can build empathy. Now, none of us, you know, particularly when you're a teen mom and stuff, (laughs) you know, it's impossible. (laughs) It's just impossible. But but kids have a way of getting what they need from moms and things like that. And it it doesn't have to be a disaster. In fact, the data on teen moms is the kids end up better than we would predict typically. Nice. That's great. I would say um, I read a lot of books um, when I had my son because I didn't – I was so – set on not doing what my mother did and um you know my son has pretty good self-esteem he's he's the one in the documentary when they asked me if i'm okay he says she's doing she's trying her best she's doing her best yeah but he's very very that's an empathic response yeah it's just very um i I would separate in your head empathy and self-esteem they're different things yeah of course of course yeah Mm. but so anyway so he's how old is he now 29 doing good he's doing yeah, he's doing pretty and, and, good. And by the way, he's strapped with being a millennial, which is already. Yeah. But you <laughs> know, it's funny. He's uh, he's just like, he pushes back. First of all, he's not on social media. Mm. So he pushes yeah. back a lot of yeah. the, the, a lot of the stuff is I need to sort this out for myself. Good. As opposed to group speak or good. really. Maybe uh, he's the leader we're looking for. Yeah, he is. <laughs> he really is. He really is just like, yeah, I'm not subscribing to that and the other thing is he doesn't um hate anybody even mm. if they don't agree if he doesn't agree with their views which, how it should be right? right but that's not that's not i know i i i was i wrote a book with my daughter and she has a very different construct than i do of the world mm-hmm. and and as we were doing the book and the presentation of the book i thought oh i really i get where she i get her point of view mm-hmm. and i and i had a really interesting experience i admire it mm-hmm I disagree with it, <laughs> but, but yes. I, I get it and yeah. I admire it. And that piece, especially getting to admiration for somebody's point of view, no, I, 
Impossible. It, it was actually surprising to me. I thought, oh, we don't have that today. We don't have it. No, I got I got creamed because <clears throat> there's the mayor of Miami, uh, Francis Suarez, who's Republican, um, is someone that I, I have a lot of admiration and respect for. He's a Republican, and that's, uh, you know, historically, um, I don't agree with a lot of Republican views, but I have a lot of respect for him because he's been very active in the community that mm-hmm. I grew up in, the inner city. And he's, he's done a lot of stuff for the people in the community that I grew up in where I've never seen, you know, the Democratic mayor of my city present in those places, like scared to go to those places. And so somebody was, you know, just sent me a message the other day and was like, why didn't you tell me he was a Republican? And I'm like, you can Google that. that and by I was the way, at, why do we have to have these labels? Can't we vote it's for all bullshit. person? We need a middle ground with people aren't on one side or the other. Well, you know what it is, is that everybody has to have an identity now. Cool. They have to be a label. They have to identify with red socks. I think Red that's Sox gonna end. I, think that's I hope so. End. Because it's too much. It's dumb. It's yeah, like we're Lord of the kids of Lord of the flies. Like we've become so polarized. How is it that you can identify completely with one point of view, with one, with a group and say, I agree with everything these people are saying? Where, where is your critical thinking? Where is your absolute? Do you, I have, I would not be able to be a respectable liberal if I didn't question some of the things that liberals do. See, I, I th- you've, you've used the word liberal three times now, and I think you are a liberal. I don't think you're a progressive. Well, you know, I think I'm somewhere in between. Right. That's liberal. Right. That's liberal now. Yeah. Liberal is, liberal is a middle ground. Yeah, well, I, I don't even know I, anymore. Yeah. You progressive know? is, is, is you're either, it's like a religion, either all in or you're evil, you're sinful, you're out. It's like you, you have to accept all the dogma, the whole canon, or you are a sinner. And that's and not believe, an okay place for people. I just to don't believe. Yeah. I don't agree with any of it. Like right. I don't. I don't wholly agree with any. So I don't identify with any group because I don't think that any of these groups have been good for my people. <laughs> so what's the point of yeah. saying even progressives? I'm on the Young Turks. I host on there. I go on the show. Those are my friends. I love them dearly. But for me to say I belong to a group is just toxic for me because. None of these groups have been beneficial to the improvement and the conditions of people of color, black people in this country. I've been saying for the last five years, we need a pragmatism party. <laughs> just one that really just one that solves problems. Just yeah. what's good for this. Do what's good. Let's do that. What's right. Mm-hmm. Let's just do it. If it works, good. Let's do it. But we try. But I, I will say this about the people that I work with with at at TYT is they are actually really trying to work for solutions and they are uh, also you know, be met with a lot of resistance from people who just want to belong to the group and don't want to do anything. It's just cool to say I'm 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 a progressive. I'm 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 a right winger. I'm a I'm a this. I'm a that. It's y'all shit on the the Bloods and the Crips for a long time, and you've become that just with nice cars and a nice place to live. You know what I'm saying? You shit on these gangs who had to do what they had to do to survive in these communities where they didn't have any food, they didn't have any money, they didn't have anything, but you're doing the same thing and you think you're cool because you live in a nice house and you drive a nice car and you get to say you're this. I I say all these people can go to hell, man. Like they're just full well, of shit. I, I think what it really is, they feel guilty because mm-hmm. they live in a nice house and a nice car. So I'm relieving myself of my guilt by I, by telling you I'm I, I'm looking out for your people. I'm oh, working for yeah. you know, I know what's right. Any any time. One thing I, I I hope you'll take away from this conversation is anytime ideology is the strict driving force of, yes. of it, it it bad for people. Absolutely, one hundred percent. That's I why agree. you need just solutions, just what works. Let's look, study it. What works. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do it. That's it. Period. Yeah, uh, that's why I said that joke, and some people cringed when I said, you know, it's so cool to say Black Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. It's so cool to wear the shirt. Mm-hmm. It became the. It's a great slogan. It just became the pink ribbon. Mm-hmm. Remember the pink ribbon? Oh, people absolutely. just put the pink ribbon on. I hate. I'm. I'm. I, I'm against breast cancer. What the hell are you doing to help so, with the solution? Like really, because it's just bullshit, and I. I'm tired of it, and I. I've never been one. I don't belong to your group. So when people claim me, I'm like, nah, I'm not with y'all. I'm over here by myself. Trying well, to well that's what I, I liked about your stand-up. You, you took aim at everybody. Yeah. <laughs> everybody. And you had a point of view also. So Thank you. So, and I don't see, I don't see many people doing that today. It, you know, they, they sort of, 
they're they watch out for certain territory or they comedians are scared. Things. Yeah, that's and good. what happened to comedy, man? What, what they, you're supposed to be, and you are you are representative of this, but comedians are supposed to be the ones that take everything on, and yeah. make us look at stuff, at least make us look at things differently. They're afraid. People are scared. You know. You know what's funny? It's like it pisses me off that I'm held to a higher standard than the the school superintendent, than the sheriff yeah. in your community, than your local congressman or your state congressman. But you want to worry about what the comedians are saying? We're like you. You know us. We are damaged people. We show up. I'm not a pastor. I go on stage and stand on wooden boxes to make jokes to heal my pain. Because, well, trauma. Trauma yeah. is underlying comedy always. One day, childhood trauma, man. <laughs> you already know. And you're gonna hold me to a higher standard than the a senator or you know a, a local. Well, politician? well, you know it's interesting as you speak about it. The ones that are are sort of either not traumatized or have tre- healed their trauma are the ones that are the most woke and the most sort yeah. of self-righteous with their wokeness because mm-hmm. they they aren't out there doing the comedy mm-hmm. on the you know, on, on the you know out in the clubs they're the ones on TV with their own show and they yeah. magically you know have opinions about your comedy so so one of the things I noticed and maybe I didn't I there was part of your part of your uh, stand up I was sort of zooming through or doing something else sorry at the same time. It's okay. But I I didn't hear a lot of romantic comedy. I bet you're, you're a little bit uh, but not a lot. It it was sort of the dog not barking. It caught my attention and I thought well, good. Now that I know you, and good because you're doing therapy, and yeah, you, yeah, you yeah. want to be in a place Absolutely. before. But how? I'm imagining that is still a fertile territory for you. What's going on there? So I think I'll, the next special will probably. Be That's about what I that. figured. I've That's never it. really talked about it. Yeah. Um, I was. I a, bet it's very interesting. It is very interesting because the dad thing sets it all up. Well, boom! <laughs> you just said it. I'm, I'm actually writing a book about it. But the funny thing is that weird three day trip that I took to the Dominican Republic to meet my father I came full circle because I realized that that one thing that I thought was going to happen when I saw this man as man is what I keep looking for in these romantic right. relationships right. and that really is where it, it comes from feeling the rejection from this yeah, man the abandonment yes the abandonment solve the abandonment USANA Health Sciences has created USANA Active Nutrition that's right. Products for weight management, digestive health, energy, hydration, whole, lo- whole line of gluten-free, and it's made with natural ingredients. USANA sent me a box of active nutrition products, and uh, they're delicious for one thing. They're made with high-quality ingredients, back to research and cutting-edge science. But uh, they're a company you can trust. Thousands of Olympic and professional athletes around the world are trusting USANA. Some of the exciting new products you'll find at USANA's active nutritional line include the convenient peanut butter snack bar, which I dig, and the electrolyte replacement drink. You know, I'm a big about volume replacement. They have a detox tea and they have metabolism plus for metabolic support. Visit USANA.com, U-S-A-N-A.com to see each active nutrition product for yourself and make sure to use that promo code PODCAST15 at checkout and you will save 15% on your active nutrition order. This promotion is for new retail customers only. Some product restrictions may apply. Support your life in motion with USANA Active Nutrition. Of course, our friends at AMCN Air MedCare Network want to remind you that health insurance doesn't always cover the full cost of an emergency medical flight. Even when comprehensive coverage, you can still get hit with a deductible or big copay. Protect your family and your finances with an Air MedCare Network membership. As a member, if an emergency arises, the expense of air medical transport is completely covered when flown by an AMCN provider. Membership costs as little as $85 a year and covers your entire household every day, even when you're away from home. That is just pennies a day. And we all know the unexpected can happen. An AMCN membership is protection no family should be without. And for a limited time, as a Dr. Drew podcast listener, you will get up to a $50 e-gift card when you join. That really takes it down to less than pennies a day. Simply visit Air Medcare Network, airmedcarenetwork.com forward slash Drew, and use that offer code Drew. So it was very... The, the problem is, here's the really interesting thing. And, and again, I'm sorry for interrupting. No, 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 but tell okay. me, tell me, because this but, is but therapy. Is that, 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 that him, as, an, as a model for a love, and a yeah. love map, him, he, I'll speak frankly, he's an asshole. 
Yep. He's an asshole. But that's your model of something that is deeply connected and loving. Mm. And anybody, and that sets up attraction to more of those. Mm. And guess what? You'll have lightning bolts when you see one of those guys that fits that that love map, we call it, or a fittedness with him. And guess what that guy will happily do for you is once he sucks you in, abandon you yeah. and be, an, be the asshole that he is. So you are you have an attraction. We, no one ever talks about this, how we set up attractions. Because always, we always mm. wonder, why do why these guys, what am I doing? Well, how does it always happen? It's the attraction that sends you in with the bad guy, a bad bad picker in the first place. Mm. And so you're attracted to assholes. And so, so how do you fix that? What well, do you do to Well, therapy recon- fixes it. It mm-hmm. does tremendously. And you're sort of in, in the middle zone in terms of your therapy, I imagine. And so mm-hmm. you're sort of now can imagine being with somebody that's not so exciting. Yeah. Right? The exciting guy, guarantee you, every time will abandon you. Guaranteed. Yeah. Because we're a perfect instrument. And yeah. we've been attuned by somebody in our past to that but but as you 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 start you, you even said it in your stand up mm-hmm. you started saying that you know you can be with a guy who'll take you out really nice blah mm-hmm. blah blah and he'll sleep with your sister <laughs> but but there's a there's another guy yeah. <laughs> a little bit more advanced beyond that who will love you and treat you nice yeah. and not sleep with your sister yeah. <laughs> but he's not so there there may we always say look for butterflies not lightning bolts in your attractions oh nice because the lightning bolts will send you more towards your dad yeah and and one day you'll have more more lightning bolty stuff for more healthy people. That, that makes that sense. Makes sense. That yeah. yeah. It did. It, when, I, when I came back, I was like, oh, it, it took me a few weeks. And then I was like, this is why, I, not just in romantic relationships, friendships. Oh, interesting. You know, just like, I was like, oh, I, I am... I I overcompensate in my relationships emotionally. Rescuing, you mean? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm. I'm my friend and friends and I. April Macy was also a comedian, so like we like the wounded birds, of course, right? Of course. But we go back and forth. I am so thankful that I went to uh, therapy before I went to see my dad. Oh, oh my God! Yes. The, can I? I came back and I was like, pause. This is on hold, and it is okay. We are going to learn to to embark on the greatest uh, romance of life ever, the one with oneself. And that was just something I've never done. I've always taken care. Even my, I raised my siblings, raised my children. You know, my I'm raising my mother, if if truth be told. And so it's just been constantly taking care of other people emotionally, and um, always finding someone who is emotionally not available to take care of me back. Yeah. And you and you've said it in sort of shorter words when you said I'm you know codependent and my mom you know, everybody sure. that's just how you set up. But my guess is some of the rescuing and caretaking is a form of protest. Don't leave me. Mm, yeah, that's what Alanon says. I do all this stuff. Oh, good. Okay, good. <laughs> hey, good. It's really good. It's good because one day. All of this mm-hmm. becomes an asset mm. because you are a really good caretaker and you do experience yourself through other people and their experiences. And that's hugely – it's hugely empathic. But what you have to watch out for is boundaries. Yeah, I don't have them. Right. I'm learning them now. And just so so to know that when you want to rescue somebody <clears throat> from their pain, it's because you need the pain in you to stop. Not because it's their pain you need, really need to have stopped. They may not need their pain to stop. They mean to just may need to struggle with their pain, but it, I'm a code too, and it mobilizes our pain. Yeah, and we like need it to stop. We need to fix them. We got to fix mm-hmm, them. Mm-hmm. But when you start learning what's theirs and what's yours, which is a really weird experiential thing if you're codependent, mm-hmm. um, you can sort of sit. It can be a, a tender thing to sort of be in with somebody's pain and not stop it. Mm. It's hard to imagine that, right? It's codependent. <laughs> you yeah. want to fix it. You want to fix it. I always want, I, and, and you know, it's my my ex husband who was not the best ex husband said to me three days ago. He said, "I've always wanted to tell you this. You really need to learn how to say no." Well, and, that's the codependency. Yeah, that's, yeah. But I was like, it's so funny. The per- one of the people who took advantage of that the most, him, of course, even said course. like, yeah. But but you're changing, so now he's in a place where he can say stuff like that to you, and you you receive it. Yeah. Before you would have been, <laughs> I would have punched him in the face. Yeah, not yeah. or something. <laughs> something. I never punched. No, him no in domestic the face. violence here. We're not never punched him in the face. Always yeah. wanted to, but never did. <laughs> oh my goodness, we're getting on some interesting territory. Uh, so I, 
I, what do you want to ask me? I feel like I've. Uh, I, I want to I, ask you. Um, what do you think is the most helpful thing that a person can do to uh, deal with depression? Um, your own depression. Yeah, your uh, own depression. Well, there's different layers to that. Okay. So, first of all, I guess to know whether you're depressed, dysthymic, blue—I mean, am I, re- or is it something else? Do I have unresolved grief? Am I have PTSD? Mm. What what do I have? What is this? Because there's you kind of need a diagnosis before you got a treatment. Right? So you go to a psychiatrist for this, for not this. A your psychologist, ideally, not a therapist, ideally, right. yes. Okay. And, and you know what what is going on with me? So what is the construct? Uh, and once you have a construct, and let's say yes, you have unipolar depression, not bipolar depression. If you have bipolar depression, you need meds, period, end. If you're unipolar depression, really the first thing is, you know, hungry, angry, lonely, tired. So it's make sure your nutrition is good, sleep right, balance your life, keep people that really give a shit about you around you and use them, make Mm -hmm. them pay attention to you. And again, hard thing for a co to do. Mm. Just start with that, number one. Uh, Number two, uh, you know, know whether, you know, what the signs are when you're getting into trouble. If you can't function, mm-hmm. right? If you can't function or you're suicidal, then you got to, then it's a medical problem then. Then you got to make sure a doctor is involved and it may need medication, it may not. Uh, and then have some sort of long term treatment plan, mm. uh, which is usually ideally what you're doing psychotherapy or something like that, or group, or maybe it's 12 step if you can't afford it. This is the thing that drives me crazy. I'm glad you're involved in some sort of 12 step program. Mm-hmm. Because the research shows clearly mm-hmm. that 12-step works. Mm-hmm. It's a- as efficacious as many professionally managed things. I'm not saying you should avoid professionally managed services. I'm just saying that l- literature is clear and it's free and it's yep. available everywhere and it's available 24-7. And mm-hmm. why we are not availing ourselves of this, it drives me out of my mind. The oh, same, the same people so – I'm not believing it. The, the research is just there. Yeah. And the same people that want to talk about healthcare expenses – Shit on twelve step. It's like, mm. hey, there's a here's a solution. Everybody it works. Anyway, so that's my little. Thing oh, I've gone to uh, um, uh, Debtors Anonymous. I've gone to the Under Earners Group. I, I learned about them through Al-Anon. Like this is all filling, right? Filling the yeah, the void. like it's just all co-filling. If you were, if you were, it's the opposite of drug. It's the converse of drug addiction. Yeah. but it's the same thing, right? Yeah. same stuff. The the debting, the the buying, the yeah. whatever to fill the void, the, yeah. the saving, the rescuing. It's just that's your drug as opposed to heroin or whatever. Yeah, learning how to and just learning being able to accept that you don't make enough money to live the lifestyle that you think you need to live to have the value that you think you should have in yeah. this you know it's here's the thing about rich people they always live under their means yeah they always. do Always, unless they're crazy, you know. No, I know. But but even Elon Musk lives in a little mini house. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's interested in building his companies, not in spending money. Yeah. Tiffany is very, very uh, judicious about her spending. Half she's after. Uh oh! There you go. You're gonna get canceled (laughs) again. But that's what I would like to see some more funny from her about. I think that'd be hysterical to have her doing that. Yeah, she's always very judicious about her money. Yeah, and. Yeah, I have that heritage to one side of my family system, so it's it's I, I know what that mm-hmm. what rains down on you from that. But listen, uh, I have to wrap this up. It okay. has been a pleasure. To I talk know to you. this has been healing. He, this is just what I needed today. Oh, good. Uh, well, it's it's kind of what I needed too, and and for a totally different reason. I I need to see that people can get up and speak honestly and take aim at anything, and yeah. and, and comedians being comedians again. And, <laughs> And I look forward to you talking more about men because I'm sure you're going to have some crazy. Oh man, I have seven men. Journals. We're so fucked up. And, and, and if you can, if you I can said it in there. I know they're going to come for me because I said men are crazy, but I know they're coming for me. We we actually are more disturbed by women who fall for men's bullshit. Oh, and we like to see it when you call a man out. Because I was watching something. I was watching like a reality show. Something my wife yesterday. And she was like, "Oh, he's so cute." I go, "Do you you don't see 
that, that dude, <laughs> that dude, he is manipulating her, and he will not be able to work. He's so impaired. This guy will not be able to get a job, and you can't see that because he's being romantic. It's oh like, my oh god. my god. So that's the kind of stuff we we actually admire when women can see it. We like it. So oh, I appreciate yeah, that. So, man. all right. Well, listen. Get the go watch the comedy special. It's available on HBO Max. It's worth your time. Uh, also, follow Ada on Funny Ada. As well as the YouTube page, Ada Rodriguez. Is there some outtakes from the from the series on? The- I mean, I'm sure they're going to be on on the, on HBO Max's page. Everything's yeah. going to be there. So check it out. Anything else coming? Anything else we want to talk about? Anything else we should look for you out in the road? Well, my show yeah. is developing. Um, I have a, developing a series at HBO Max um, based on my life. <laughs> is it like a scripted? scripted thing? Is yeah. It not, uh, I, cartoon or real? No, life? no, real it's life. real. Yeah. I think cartoon would be interesting too. Right? Oh well, I'm, work- I'm I'm also working on an animated series okay, for ITV Studios, where perfect. you can do a little more. You know that in animation. You well, that's right. That's why I think it'd be funny. Be yeah. exactly, sort of your version of the Family Guy would be very interesting. Yeah, I would love to do that. Yeah. So we're working on it. Oh, great. Well, whatever we can do to support you, please let us know. Thank you. And it's a pleasure to talk to you, and uh, hopefully, I'll talk to you soon. Yeah, the best podcast to do right after therapy. Okay. <laughs> I'll see you all next time. <laughs> For calling times and topics, follow the show on Twitter at Dr. Drew Podcast. That's D-R-D-R-E-W Podcast. The music from today's episode can be found on the swinging sounds of the Dr. Drew Podcast, now available on iTunes. And while you're there, don't forget to rate the show. The Dr. Drew Podcast is a Corolla Digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana and Gary Smith. For more information, go to drdrew.com. All conversation and information exchanged during the participation in the Dr. Drew Podcast is intended for educational and entertainment purposes. Only. Do not confuse this with treatment or medical advice or direction. Nothing on these podcasts supplement or supersede the relationship and direction of your medical caretakers. Although Dr. Drew is a licensed physician with specialty board certifications by the American Board of Internal Medicine and the American Board of Addiction Medicine, he is not functioning as a physician in this environment. The same applies to any professionals who may appear on the podcast or drdrew.com. Mm-hmm.